All right, this noise extra is going to be a little bit different as it's the first segment of our new series, Trashware, where we get together and uh, have a guest sometimes, maybe sometimes we won't, but we talk about gear. And since we are lucky enough to have Matt from Crank Sturgeon in the studio with us, and so we just did that really fun voice crack episode, we thought we'd talk about uh, contact mics and making your own gear and... I don't know. Well, it's whatever the Connellys have in mind. Uh, asking <laughs> well, questions yeah. here. And, and, well, obviously, well, and obviously, first, you know, first and foremost, Trashware, a reference to the Pain Jerk CD on the Pure series entitled Trashware. Absolutely. And uh, just a great name. So I thought we'd pay yes. a little tribute to Pain Jerk and on so, this one. And so, you know, for this one, I am maybe the least gear knowledgeable person. It, I, I, I'm, I think I'm, I might be less. We're, we're both. It's we, like the Connellys don't even care about yeah. that. It's really, really it's like, weird to me. We, we, we're, <laughs> it's, a, it's a means to an end for us. Like, yeah. we're not into the, the gear. The judge and so jury. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of noobs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 100%. You know, we, so we just benefit from our friends who have the knowledge and then who bestow the in, the uh, gear and, and, and tell us what to get and, and all that. Um, and so. We are here with Gray. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I never get to do that. I know, right? We are here with Matt. Hi. And we are Mike and Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Um, no, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know how this is gonna go. But, but, but basically, you know, we just kind of wanted these guys make are are, are the f- foremost people who are making contact mics, noise makers, noise devices. Um, and so, you know, we got to just, and know, it's just... so interesting because they really know their stuff. Um, like I know that there are many levels that you can enter this with, like, you know, starting with learning how to make a contact mic and going up to oscillators and all these things that I hear great talk about that I don't understand at all. <laughs> uh, so, uh, having them explain it. And I understand that many listeners will know what they're talking about. Maybe no more, maybe no less. So we're just going to, going to speak at all levels. So maybe... Yeah. So definitely feel free to like, feel free to to alienate people like me and Tara who know nothing what you're talking about. Don't, don't, you know, or dumb it down. It doesn't matter. Uh, We're not going to, you know, not going to mansplain anything. (laughs) (laughs) Be like, oh, here we go again. (laughs) You know, I don't Um, really think of myself as knowing that much. It's just one of those things where like I built my first contact mic probably in the late 90s after looking up instructions on a website for how to do it. After hearing a CD that I knew one was used heavily on, it was maybe mm-hmm. listed in the liner notes or something like, well, I need one of those. <laughs> and uh, and my first attempts were really clumsy and ugly and crude and broke quickly. And now it's 20 years later and I, I can make them with my eyes closed. You know, right. it's same thing. Like the first time you build, you put together something like I built a pedal from a kit with no instructions. It was one of those 3MS uh, noise swashes it was one of the like early things I tried to put together and I made it kind of wrong, but it still worked great for me. And I used it on so many <laughs> early black sand desert stuff. There's so much of this thing that was, it was in a VHS case. I had spray painted. I never oh, put, I think I, you know I, that I thing. absolutely is, is it, picture it. Is it in this room? Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's lost to the ages. I have I not seen it in a long time. I have that. a fancy one now, but yeah. just so you know, um, for the listening audience, we are surrounded by a cornucopia of things that look like a lot of fun to play with. Right? <laughs> yes. I, I am a little bit of a gear hog. I love, it's, I love gear. It's a wonderful thing. It's not a bad habit. Uh, I always, 
something can sound like 15% different than some other piece. And I'll be like, Oh, but that's that 15% that I need that this one doesn't do. I just love, I love gear and I love having the right tool for the job. So if I want something to sound a specific way and I can envision what it looks like, or, you know, I recently bought a new fuzz pedal after reading a bunch of reviews and like trying to figure it out. And I got it. And I was like, this is exactly the thing I wanted. Mm -hmm. And that's satisfying. Now, when I have that an application satisfying. for it, I'm not going to use fuzz on everything, but when I need it, <laughs> I, I'm certainly it's I have like one that I know what its capabilities are. And I and I really like it. I I, I was just thinking like the, the using the pedal on everything. I remember when I was a teenager and, a, and trying to be a guitar player in a band and I got a Wawa. Oh and yeah! Every song had Wawa. <laughs> every other song had Wawa. All my bad solos had Wawa, of course. And then finally, the bass player, my best friend at the time, said, "Your Wawa sucks." <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think he meant it in such an aggressive tone, but uh, I think he meant dial back the Wawa. Yeah. <laughs> so I introduced Flanger. Oh my god! Once we were at a show, and I uh, I was like, "Great, what are the effects on that?" And he goes, "It's just a flanger." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, fine." The it's way, funny because the, the way you blinked, I can imagine Gray doing that blink, like you know that <laughs> sort of like angry. I dream of Jeannie, like <laughs> turning Jeannie. into a toad. <laughs> it's like, I was like, "Cool, cool, cool." God damn it! <laughs> no, it's funny because there are certain effects that can take over a mix and make it sound like one thing, especially when used on like, so you know, the a larger part of the mix or the main sound, like a flange or a phaser, you're like, Oof, oh, yeah, there's yeah. that. Or, you know, whereas some things are a little more subtle, like a nice reverb, or you have all, all variety of distortion and overdrive effects and stuff. But there's things that I kind of like stay away from because I think that they're overused or easy to hear. And then sometimes you hear them used in the simplest, stupidest way. Mm -hmm. And it's perfect. And it's like one of those things where it's like certain people know how to do it. Like I can hear a flanger in someone's recording and, and I'm like, this is, I would never do that. And it sounds awesome. And like, mm -hmm. that's one of the things I love about noise and like even, even putting a critical ear and trying to apply the things you like in regular music to making noise is that you, uh, like, I think I learned a lot about production and making, uh, like, noise sound more psychedelic or spacier, like, you know, engaging in certain ways from listening to David Bowie records and listening to the production on those and yeah. how the guitar sound and stuff, because you can apply those sort of techniques to a, a contact mic or to a synthesizer and still make it sound really, really interesting. And it doesn't have to be in a, you know, sort of normal mainstream rock music context. So Matt, when was, when did you, I, we, we may have even touched a little bit, uh, uh, touched on this a little bit in the main episode that we did with you, but w so when did you kind of start, uh, when did you start cracking, cracking the code? When did you crack, start cracking everyday crack, devices? Cracking <laughs> yeah. open the, uh, the, yeah. the, the little black, um, hockey puck shaped, uh, container that had the piezo inside at Radio Shack. Oh yeah. Um, I remember the ones that preceded that. Um, and you didn't have to crack it so much. It was a black ring. It was a thick plastic ring, um, around the piezo element. And it actually, you didn't, so you didn't have to remove it. So it actually reinforced it. That's nice. 
And so I think I cracked the seal probably 1991, I want to say. Wow. Um, and that, I didn't know how to solder. I had my brother's soldering iron, which was a pistol, the pistol type. Uh, I used to have an old Weller gun that yep. I couldn't stand. And, and this thing, yeah, I mean, it, it weighs about as much as a six-pack, uh, as a point of reference. You know, it's like trying to solder with a six-pack with <laughs> wow. a little hot tip. And so, you you know, I, I would give up and I would take the water and twist them um i get a guitar cable that was kind of farting out and i i would just cut it and i i twisted it and discovered what worked and i was like oh okay so that's a contact mic i just built one hooray <laughs> what really sealed the deal for me is i got i had a weird arm injury like a sprained nerve somewhere and i was doing um i was doing a lot of experimental tabletop guitar prepared guitar stuff and at that point i couldn't i think i had some I, this was still when I was in art school. I had a performance to do and I was going to use that, but I couldn't because it kept irritating my wrist or whatever. So I used a contact mic on a, a metal lamp that had springs on it and I bowed it. Oh, yeah. And um, through lots of reverb and distortion. And I was like, who needs a guitar? You know, because <laughs> yeah. basically, you know, it, 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 it reinforced like what I, what re originally drew me to noise was like, that volume, that distortion, that crackle. And I was like, oh, I don't have to generate it with a guitar anymore. I can just use the contact mics. Um, and so after a while of building them, and I, I was doing all sorts of other stuff too when I discovered like, oh, I can take these earbud earphones and use those as a microphone and I'll shove those in my mouth and blah, blah, blah. And if I split the Y adapt, take a Y adapter and split that out of my EQ pedal, I can feed that back into itself and make a weird little like sine wave synthesizer by How just do using you make an earbud into a microphone it's, it works it's a, two ways it's a transducer it it, okay. it goes both ways uh -huh. so um the the speaker coil um is around a diaphragm mm -hmm. and that's what we hear um when a sound is being sent to it we can also use it it, it will vibrate when we send a signal oh. Oh, so, so you don't have to do anything to make it send a signal. It, you know, it you does just gotta, it You just got to yeah. you could shove it in your mouth and gurgle, you know. It's, it's <laughs> like, I mean, I, that, yeah. yeah, it's great. It was perfect because it's like, yeah, you get those in your cheeks. And I had all these little, I mean, Radio Shack was like the go-to place because there wasn't any other, Oh yeah. at least where I lived, um, there wasn't another parts store. There might have been one kind of out in the suburbs, you know. But we're kind of afraid to go to those places because that's where like real electricians went. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, and I know right, exactly what you mean by that. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was a gauntlet. Like the guys with their arms folded like, oh, no, you don't. You know, and you're like, okay, I'll go to Radio Shack at the mall. And um, Also, there's a place here in uh, Sun Valley that I want to take you to sometime if you haven't been yet. I have not. Okay. All right. It's, do, a, so do, it's a date. Do, do either of you guys have any formal training in 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 electronics in any way? No, not yes. me. Not you, but you do. You do. Yeah. Mine was by complete accident. Um, I didn't, you know, I went to art school, graduated, did a bunch of different jobs. I was, I was doing production. I was doing this, that, and the other thing. And uh, a lot of cooking jobs in between. <laughs> and then um, a friend of mine was working for an audio cable company. Um, not too far out of Portland, Maine, and they were always hiring. It seemed like they were always hiring musicians, and the musicians would last. You know, musician friends they would and last. Tour. Exactly. And, and, yeah, yeah and they, or, or what, for whatever reason, yeah. they, 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 there was a high rate of them dropping out. So there was always an opening, and it seemed like the an ideal job because you could you didn't have to go there to work. You went there once a week, got the parts, went back to your house, and made audio cables. That sounds great. Wow. <laughs> Dream and, job. And. Um, 
I do yeah. that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Both of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like I already do that. But um, but the thing they, they taught me how to solder and taught me how to solder correctly, how to tin the wires, do you know, like all the proper techniques that I was kind of kind of new but you know was botching and doing really poorly so like they're like no this is how you make a nice pretty drop of you know you know you want your solder to look pretty and not gummy and you don't make something stick by adding more solder to it it's like no 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 mm-hmm. you know so i learned how to do it that way through repetition and having professionals teach me um the problem with the repetition of doing you know a hundred audio cables a week was it gave me severe arm problems and oh really oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Bet. yeah and so i had to drop out of that for about a, I, that's another reason why people drop out because you get you can get everything from carpal tunnel to repetitive stress to mine was the ulnar nerve fortunately which is not carpal tunnel but that's basically tennis elbow and would start in one arm and so i would default to the other arm i taught myself how to mouse on a computer with my left hand as a result i was so, hoping you were gonna say foot um <laughs> I, I wish <laughs> but uh, but yeah it uh you know it was hard work i mean yeah. it's not it's not easy stuff doing piecework so you know imagine you know imagine that it's just like oh you know constantly pulling wire and stripping wire and da, 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 and you're really tense so um it's really funny to me that i'm making this stuff now because it's not funny. It's like, oh, that's ironic because that work I would have never have wanted to do that um, for for my profession. But um, I know how to stretch, and I'm not doing the same thing every day. You know, you know. It's like, oh, I'll I'll work on this and I'll work on this. You know, when I'm building stuff in my shop. So it's like I'm not like soldering in that really intense, like, you know, almost like rigid skeletal scarecrow position, you know, nine hours a day, just like, oh. And hopefully your soldering iron weighs less. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's actually one thing I wanted to say is you were talking about that big gun. Also, I used to have a Radio Shack, like 15 slash 30 watt soldering iron that was crap. And for the longest time I was building stuff. If you've ever tried building something, you know, you're listening to this and you've tried building something and you have a cheap uh, $10 soldering iron from eBay or an old Radio Shack soldering iron, that thing is terrible. And mm-hmm. one of the best, smartest things I ever did for myself is spend a little more money. And I bought a nice Hako soldering iron with mm-hmm. temperature control. Yep. Temperature control. It's- and the, the day I got it home, I was like, oh, this just changed my life. Like, yep. this has just taken my soldering from <laughs> looking amateurish, amateurish at best to like absolute like i'm now everything is it's easy. I'm like, yep. oh, wow, this was easy. I was really intimidated by it before. And then. I bought a nice iron and immediately it was like it not struggling against the tools. To yeah. Be like, yeah. I mean, and that's the other thing too, is having good tools and some of my tools actually go back to art school. I mean, but they're, they, there's nothing wrong with old tools. They, just they like, fit my hand. I yeah. mean, they were probably my dad's. That's why I ended yeah. up with them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is true. You can fight against your tools and your tools can be really, they, they can be malevolent. <laughs> you might, you <laughs> so. might not realize it when you're starting out. Cause yeah. I didn't know for the longest time. And then I was like, like, why am I melting through this? Oh, it's plugged yeah. into direct current instead of being, you can dial back cause soldering irons get up to, they're hot. Yeah. Like seven, 800 degrees, yeah. but you can turn it down mm-hmm. a little bit and you're not melting through like the, the shield or the conductor casing and all this other stuff. And or, depending on what I'm doing, if I'm soldering to piezo, yeah. then I want a lower temperature cause you can burn the crystals yep. and you can have all kinds of <laughs> burn problems. Burn it right through. <laughs> and, uh, and if I'm soldering cable to a lead on a plug, then mm-hmm. I want a higher temperature because yep. that's a hard, a bigger piece of metal it has to conduct heat to. Yeah. So there's, you, you'll learn these things of course through the process of doing it, but it's just, Getting a getting a proper tool to work with was one of those things that made it, it took me from feeling really unsure of my ability to being like, oh, damn, I can I can do this. Yeah. 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 I yeah have it, two it's, questions. Oh, sure. Guys, I'm sorry. Um, 
So one, is there a right and wrong solder to use? I mean, the most common is probably the uh, like rosin flux core solder, 6040 uh, lead and tin mixture. Um, uh, the thinnest solder you can get away with for the job is usually Amen. the best solder. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 0.8 millimeter. <laughs> It really and so uh and then my other question <laughs> point is six if you you know <laughs> yeah, ooh, yeah well, ooh, you got that nasty you can use it but it, it, i mean if you if you're soldering breadboards and circuit boards and you want you yeah. want you want a very very fine piece of solder if you're if you're get if you've got like a solder a piece of solder that's like as thick as a finger or a pencil that's <laughs> that's for like stained glass you know yeah, yeah seriously yeah yeah so my other question is, if you use too much solder, what happens? You just end up with a, a solder pile and it looks like, you know, the Flintstones were there. Like, does, it make <laughs> yeah. it, does it make it more brittle? Because like, you know, it's called a cold, oh, cold solder. joint. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Cold solder joint or a cold joint. Um, uh, basically, what, when you're soldering, you want um, you're creating a molecular bond with the solder from, say, like, all right, the, the piezo disc. Um, the contact mic is like, I'm making the brass part at least is, uh, for the brass part of the disc, you know, you, you, you lay down the soldering iron and the solder and you heat that brass up so that it creates a pool. It's not a little blob. It's a pool. It's a nice mm -hmm. shiny pool too. Cause if it's a little blob, you can probably chip it off. Yeah. It hasn't, it hasn't heated it up and heated mm -hmm. up enough. And then with your wire, you want to, it's called tinning, you're adding solder to the wire so that that copper wire infuses with the solder. So all you literally have to do is take that wire and the soldering iron and touch them and that pool goes, I accept you. Yep. <laughs> you're one of us now. And it just, it just, yeah. it just melds right together. Now it, it melts with you. It's like the song. That makes when sense. Cause then it's kind of like dumbing up the works when you add too much solder. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cause if you keep piling it on and I've done it too, when I'm, when you're soldering like the something that is, that takes too high a temperature. Like I've tried to solder steel using my soldering irons mm -hmm. and um, you can't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good to know. You want to weld then. Yeah, it's called welding and that's a bit above my league, but uh And when you make a solder like joint, what you what you want is uh you don't want a blob or a ball on it. You want uh sort of a a nice pool that goes up to a sharp peak, you know, like a um I'm trying to it should look more vampiric. <laughs> Everest. Than, you know what I'm saying? Like, like a less sexy uh Hershey kiss. Yes, exactly. Hershey kiss <laughs> is like I don't know, it's silver, so it's pretty sexy. So, so maybe <laughs> maybe just as sexy. Oh, okay, exactly. <laughs> but that's especially if you're working like I just built a um uh that Jasper, the clone of the wasp and I, I went around inspecting every single Sounds like a character from it. a movie, Jasper Clone of the Wasp. <laughs> <laughs> Jasper Clone You've seen that closet, <laughs> <and> Jasper. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, the, the Wasp <laughs> is a British synth, but the they cloned it, and the clone seems pretty pretty rad. Uh, they cloned it. I'm just waiting on a few more potentiometers to finish that thing up. But they cloned oh it, and they called it a Jasper, which is also the nickname for a, what they call wasps in the UK, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, by Jasper. But, Oh, oh, you mean Jasper. white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you Jasper. <laughs> no, I'm Catholic. <laughs> so, so you were, you were, you know, obviously we're doing all this stuff kind of for yourself and making, making contact bikes and stuff. When did it occur to you to, that you could maybe do stuff for other people, help other people out? When when you have a skill, it's sort of like if you own a pickup truck or a van, people are always asking for help or a ride. <laughs> um, this is very true. Um, so it's like, dude. Um, but I, yeah, I was making them for friends. And uh, I mean, I you know, when I was starting out, I was 
basically sort of living in a vacuum and I didn't realize that there were other people interested in what I was doing <laughs> until I, uh, you know, when I, when I moved up to, uh, when I was living in Portland, Maine in the mid nineties, there was a real cool community of artists there. Um, friends from art school, like I, I mentioned in the, the previous podcast, uh, Chris and Jess had moved up, Chris Cooper and Jess Goddard, um, were up and, and, uh, and we all had the same sort of, uh, we all had the same knowledge and, and we would, uh, you know, we would, share knowledge like i remember chris and jess had a had a really cool installation show um and they they had like made homemade speakers that were playing chris's soundtracks and like just like they they had homemade speaker cones made with like you know you'd have like the cone base which is like you know the magnet and the speaker wire Mm -hmm. and then the 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 cone itself was everything from tissue paper to leaves to whatever so they were rattling and like creating their own frequency sounds great it was it was insane and they're all hanging from the ceiling i mean this is like 1997 98 somewhere around there so you know it's just like that was an example of like you know and chris was also the guy who was like oh anytime you see like a, a broken like tape deck just rip the tape head out and solder it onto a cable and you've got like a a, a tape head um player Oh, that's smart. So you just oh, wow. can you just like grab it in your hand and like stick it on a tape and yeah. it plays something? Yeah, like Laurie Anderson all the way. You need it needs a lot of gain. You'll need a preamp because mm-hmm. it requires a boost. But uh, it was like, you know, because he had he had like a crazy wasn't crazy at all. He had like a in his his wonderful ramshackle, beautiful like really busted guitar and mixer setup. And it, one of them was a uh, was a tape head sticking out uh, out of his mixer. And he had a spool that he would just spin really fast and it was covered in reel to reel tape. And we just like hold it against the spool and would like rub it. And it would be like, you know, just like sounded like playing with a reel to reel machine. So, uh, so it was totally is, manual. This so. is probably a dumb question, but can if you have a tape head, will it play reel to reel tape, or does it mm-hmm. need to be a reel to reel head? Play any magnetized anything magnetized. Tape. Oh, so so like basically just any magnetized tape. You just mm-hmm. pop yep. that baby on, and it's hard to hold thing. it in place. So that's the trick. Mm-hmm. So. Ah. But uh, but it is yeah, it, it's it's really fun, and it, it creates different frequencies too because it's a different type of pickup. So it responds to other stuff around it in a different way that can be alarming and interesting and really 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 cool so. and you know on a regular on a like a regular audio cassette there's four channels there's left and right on the a side and left and right on the b side so you're trying to hold this thing to play two of those channels but your angle is not going to be perfect if you're playing a, a say something you ripped out of a commercial tape or a, you know yeah. regular cassette but maybe you've got one inch tape that you got at the thrift store or mm-hmm. you've got some quarter inch tape that you pulled from somewhere. And so there's information on those two that's different channels. So if you're moving it across that, you're not going to keep it on the same straight track. That's why there's guides usually on either side of the tape head to keep the tape straight and when going across it because it needs to be aligned properly with it. Okay, then the, another the dumb question. It, <laughs> so how quickly do you have to move it can you move it really slow i imagine yeah. if you stop it doesn't do much but can you do like a slow drone of course yeah, like yeah 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 it'd be like just like it's the same thing as slowing down a tape with or a like with sticking a your finger on it mm-hmm. i mean slow, that's the more pulling a reel to reel by hand as slow as you can it's the same thing yeah You're you can it across yeah, the head. yeah you can hold it right over the tape head and yeah. go back and forth and be like you can make a little thumb glove with a so if i had a magnetized if I took a glove and covered it in tape and then had a tape head, I could just like rub it on mm-hmm. that. That's yeah. fun. 
Never, Ooh. never tried that with a record head. Is there a way to make that work? I don't know. Ooh. So you can write but, to but it. But I, I hate, I hate getting tape machines now because I'm like, oh, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. At this point, were you ever enlisted to uh, repair uh, friends' gear and stuff like that as well? Uh, not so much their gear. I would do uh, as far as my rudimentary knowledge would do, and then I would defer to another friend who lived way up in the woods. And uh, he was the guy who could take apart a reel-to-reel machine and, you know, backwards. And, you know, he just, he had that sort of, uh, I think he was a physicist or something at, at one point in oh. his career. And ju- he's, he could just do that. Me, I was more like, bah, you know. But, pro- but probably, <laughs> like, like, pr- probably like contact mics and stuff. You contact, were- <laughs> that contact mics became my forte because I was like, okay, I people were like, I, built, I would build them one and I would cover it in hot glue and they would break it and... I was always experimenting with like, you know, a thickener, hardener, you know, trying to find a way of uh, of making the contact mic more burly um, to the point of like completely encasing it and stuff, you know, in a can. Like, don't pull this out, Ron. So did you have to fix Ron's contact mic? More than more than <laughs> once. Um, that my, my favorite point was there was there was one I gave him or, or I gave him like two or three and they were always on like random ass like colored guitar cable like you know bright pink or something just so i knew it was mine it's like and he he brought him back at one point or we were playing a show and he's like he's like yeah you think you can fix these i was like what did you do <laughs> <laughs> it, it looked like he 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 not only lawn mowed with them underneath the lawnmower <laughs> then took it out and ran it in through a food processor then chainsaw it. he's like oh that's just me chewing on it I'm like Ron that's your teeth do you know how bad crystal you know the crystal is for you yeah, it's like you, you don't want that he's like he would just laugh he's like well, so can you fix it was his concern he didn't care what the shape it was I was oh, like yeah I bet you can get lead poisoning from that solder oh hell yeah <laughs> oh it's a it's a thing You, if you're soldering you should also I mean it tastes sweet do it but... in a well ventilated area yep. or have some sort of fancy Wick away the fumes from yeah. you, and yeah, because there is lead in it, and you know the, the old like, lead paint jokes. Yeah, you don't you don't want to just keep. Handling. That's hilarious, yeah. though. So yeah, I I fixed more than one, but I you know it was easy enough to do. So um, and I still th- fix mine when like someone will will break one or mess it up. I'm like I send it back. I'll I'll fix yeah, it. Like, yeah, it's a, it's, or it's yeah. Then it's, I it's broke mine. I have one. It's what we do. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it just seems. You want you want people to get a thing that is usable and good. Some people really put them to some abuse, and some mm-hmm. people don't uh, like they're barely touched. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I like your idea of hot glue. I I guess because uh, hot glue is so useful and wonderful as a medium. But like now, what do you use to coat your mics? Hot glue. Oh, <laughs> I went full circle actually. Because, do you get colored hot glue? Um, I do for certain ones. Yeah, um, yeah see I, one that looks like a smoke. Yeah, there, there, there's a. I I found an automotive glue that's black. Ah, and mm-hmm. it's nice. The problem is, is like once you start touching it, it loses its sheen, but it's mm-hmm. it's just as durable. What I like about silicone is, um, it uh, it has enough give. And, uh, yeah, I mean, cause it's still like technically in liquid form. So it has, I mean, it has a little bounce to it. It deadens it enough. So it's not clacky. I mean, I build things to how my ear wants to hear it. And uh, as I'm sure Gray yeah. builds yeah. yours to your ear. So it's like mine tend to, I, I, I've 
developed ways of deadening and making them less dead but i always have a little bit of a layer on there just because i don't want you know them to peel off the uh you know any of the electronics so, so i use hot glue as well but then i coat it in another coating you coat it in the, the i dip? do it in, in uh rubberized plastic it's okay. right behind your head i'm lo- i i stare at that <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, when yeah. we are yeah. recording yeah. like I, I just look at it i, yeah. <laughs> I did i did a few of those and then um Oh, yeah, so you're totally... Wa- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> totally waterproof. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they are. We, we've actually... We've we've recorded yep. our water re- stuff it's, in he water. He shrunk I recorded underneath underwater with hot glued right. inside ah. and on the top, and then he nice shrunk technique. over the thing so that it doesn't peel off yep. at the joint. Yeah. I got obsessive, and this is... You know, again, we make them to the way we like them, yep. so, like, the way I make mine is the way I want my contact mics to be, mm-hmm. uh, and the way that Crank makes his or the way he wants his contact mics to be, and whoever else is making them is either the way they we want them to or the uh the way that they have at least figured out how to make them like because my first ones were not were not this nice yeah i actually have a the piece of paper that i wrote down my plan for how to manufacture these Mm -hmm. on it's it's in uh the bedroom uh, just next to the room we're in right now Ah, the i like to i I look at it it's on the back of some like old flyer i was working on or something but i like i look at it i'm like that's exactly what I do now. That's yep. like the, I like visualize, I'm like, this will be the right way that I want to make these. And then I did it and I'm like, that just works for me. Well, that's cool. super coated. I could probably chew on that. You Whoa. probably, I, I, yeah. <laughs> you, can, you probably put it in your mouth to some degree, but again, you you know, once that, you bite through the, the, the rubberizer yeah. isn't something you want to have in your mouth too, too long. You no. know, it's like a lot of petroleum products. You just don't want them in that's, your mouth. That's, that's probably um, true. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I built Other mine. Than my lip gloss. I, I like to have, uh, the the brass exposed so i did that and i was using hot glue and some of this but i was having a problem with the hot glue uh peeling up so the first uh, rounds okay. i made of them yep. had the bottom exposed because mm-hmm. i thought it's i mean you scrape a pencil on that thing where you get that nice brass sound yep um and that's the thing about have you ever made your own piezoelectric crystals uh i've been tempted and i've come close but no i haven't i, I think we maybe need a we should do uh, we, shopping we, and piezo we, crystal we, we, that. i think that'd have be you awesome make sure um, we, we will come we i think that needs to be a yeah, uh, a filmed a filmed no that'd be actually that'd be hilarious yeah totally no that's another date we'll yeah. do yes. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. So, date. this being the first uh, edition of trash where we're still figuring it out however i did just procure a new camera which shoots video and i want to start doing more uh, video stuff that we'll put on youtube or vimeo or whatever yeah. showing off some of this stuff so i'm That'd be uh, awesome. i'm sharpening yeah, my video skills but i don't think there's anyone really focusing on this kind of stuff on video for for noise people that much so yeah when you go on i mean because i've looked because i'm like okay it's lunchtime what i'm gonna watch on youtube and I, it's always uh yeah like the guitar pedal it's guitar guys guitar pedal guys and it's always guitar pedal guys yeah. i mean yeah occasionally exactly. occasionally women in there but it's just like few and far between I mean, oh so- gray's had him playing when we came over oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> quick quick shout out jhs pedals just did a really fun like 25 minute feature on youtube about the lamb series of dod pedals which is includes stuff like uh, i think his first pedal for dod was when he took over the product line of their mm-hmm. just their pedals and it's the ones that now we think of as trademark dod pedals because they have weird paint jobs and funny names for the knobs but the grunge the death metal the buzz box oh, the I meat box that. the ice box the milks box the punk of fire the uh the corrosion; mm-hmm. those are all uh, designed by, I believe, Jason Lamb was his name. But if you look up on JHS pedals um, on YouTube uh, and put Lamb in it, there's a he did a series talking about those pedals. And as, if you're 
if you're a, a pedal addict like me <laughs> and own too many of those pedals and have owned them through, you know, throughout the years, it's a, it's so, a fun it's thing Multiples of the same one. <laughs> I, when I find something I like, I, I tend to buy two of them. Uh, I get paranoid about things being uh, irreparable. And also, sometimes you want two, you dial them different. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> you dial them the same. It's I have two corrosions, and one day I did an experiment where I dialed them the exact same, and the phase cancellation was crazy. There's huh. like such, and they're, they're one's an earlier model, but they're it's the same circuit. They just put a stupid new housing on it. When so, so <laughs> sorry, back to the Connellys. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I, this is of the greatest. Um, so obviously, Gray and Matt both have, you know, they both you are able to purchase their goods um and please do and please do uh <laughs> when did it occur to you all right back to the question when did yeah. it occur to you that you to do that i mean um, I guess. yeah i mean because I, I i i was always doing it for free and doing it for ron and, doing, <laughs> <laughs> and which was also free um but uh um but i think it was uh probably in the on one of our early 2000s tours and he um he was just like, you know, these are really good. You, you know, you know, have you ever thought about selling them? And I'm like, no, Ron, who gives a shit? You know, it's like, who's going to buy this stuff? That's like, that's the last thing I want to do. Um, is like, and, and he's like, well, I'll buy 10. And Amazing. I, and I was like, 10. <laughs> <laughs> He'll buy 10 for the store. Yeah. And, 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 um, I was like, well, okay. And, yeah, that's great. And, and, and you know, I didn't know what to charge him. I think it was probably like ten bucks each or something. And uh, Ron would give demos at the store. I think that's what he told me. He's like, you know, oh, he's like, wow. he's like, I wish that I could see one amazing. of those. Like, people would be like, "What's that on the shelf?" He's like, "That's a crank starting contact mic." And he would plug <laughs> wow. it because Ron always has he, he'd have the PV amp at his store, right? Yeah, and he would just plug it in and give a demo, and bam, sold. So um, that's so cool. So how long was your cord? Uh, it started at three feet. Mm-hmm. Now, no. <laughs> Wait a minute. Where are we going with this? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, now they're cordless. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was it was as much as I could stuff in those little vinyl bags, um, which is what it comes in and what it still comes in. Because yeah. um, I always felt like, you know, Tidy, compact, tidy, you know, and it's easy to tour with. And um, now they're up to four. So feet. Uh, <laughs> Wait, can you make a cordless contact mic? Yeah. Well, he he has several. Yeah. Where the jack is mounted right on the contact. I, Actually, yeah. one of my oh. favorites I have is plug ugly. from Crank. And it's it's uh, it's a, a jack mounted directly to the surface of the Paizo with copious amounts of hot glue. And you can... You can I'm immediately really going to this that thing around. I'm gonna show you. I'll, I'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> I this would be great for our listening audience. So, show so us. we're gonna link it in the yeah. description. So yeah. right, right now, click Follow the link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll just show. Yeah, I mean, I, I I have a number. If you scroll down, well, where you see, yeah, it basically you you like Gray explained. You you, you solder the jack. On a, in, a, in a manner or fit it in a manner so that it will be a right above. Blur. Oh, that's a that's a speaker in a, oh. in a, in a light switch. Sorry, oh. we, we've distracted Tara now. Um. Yeah, <laughs> she's in heaven. I'm so stuff. excited. Well, we, I, like I said, we will have the link up to this. Obviously, yeah, no, everyone's. But yeah, it's um, you know, making making the wireless was my solution to people asking me, dude, could you build me something with six feet instead of four feet or blah blah blah? You know, and I was like, why don't I just build it so they can make the, any cable use their own damn cable and um it was a revelation because it was like 
oh wow actually i really like these too because it it um the funny thing about building this stuff is you're building it because um you're building you know to address a need um but then when you realize when you've addressed a need, you've actually opened up a little gateway to how you're going to perform with it, too. If you like it, I'm like, oh, wait, now that I have this in my hand, I can unplug it and plug it in and I can do stuff with this differently. My my performance approach changes completely because now I have this thing that, you know, just kind of on a lark I invented. And I'm like, oh, wait, That's so cool. damn, you know, <laughs> That's so awesome. So and it's still that way. I'm still like going through like some of the the things in my shop being like i didn't know that did that what's the bad day box do the bad day box is a it's a it's an it has a an input so you say you've got your microphone and a distortion pedal we'll use the most basic like noise setup microphone and distortion pedal and that goes into it and then it outputs to your mixer and on the other side is uh, a send and return that creates a feedback loop. So, for example, if I put an EQ pedal in out on the send and return and I hit the switch and turn the knob, that brings that feedback loop in. So if you've ever used an EQ pedal, it's a great feedback loop because you've got seven to eight, seven to eight bands of like of slider fun and creating pitches and tones and sine waves. Wow. It's basically a, a cut, you know, a synthesizer with no envelope or yeah. filter, but it, it cre- it's an oscillator. It self oscillates and you can adjust the tone by adjusting the bands. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> you add that to, you add that to, uh, uh, you know, your distortion signal and suddenly you're, it's piggybacking and mixing and that, that the feedback loop is affecting your, uh, your original signal. Um, in a really cool way, the more that now the the bad day box has the potentiometer on it, you can dial it in and, you know, so basically turn it up or turn it down. In doing so, you're also increasing and decreasing tones that the feedback loop is already generating. So it's um, it's a super, super, super simple trick to do with a With a, basically, it's a volume knob that's acting as a, as a pitch control. Um, wow. And it's blending it. So it sounds fun. It's really fun. Uh, again, it's one of those ones where I built it kind of on a lark, and I was like, "Oh, damn!" You know? <laughs> Having so, that, that Keanu moment of like, uh. <laughs> "When did you? When did you kind of think about? When did it occur to you that you could kind of run? You know, the Verdant Weapons line. Right? I was going to segue to this myself right oh, now okay. <laughs> yeah. because self segueing. Uh, I think it's yeah. I think it's a. I think it's a funny story because. Craig has come through and played some shows in L.A., uh, one of which I set up, one of which I helped. Uh, I can't remember if I bartended at or did something. You bartended at, at that handbag one because yeah. I remember your drinks were just so good. <laughs> yes. 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 really good. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was working at a record store at the time and... Oh, that's right. And you bought a bunch I of I bought my... a bunch of your stuff to carry at the record store and it sold in a week. Wow. Shit. And I had this thought and I'd already been making my own contact mics and doing stuff, of course, for years and have been making my own in this in this style pretty much. But I had this thought of like, I should. And sorry, but I was like, I should make these and sell them at the record store I work at myself. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the business. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was really like I can I can do this. And of course, you have a really extensive product line. I offer two products right now with some variation. Craig yeah. has been doing this forever and has like 4,000 different <laughs> products that I don't even like, I don't know what the bad day box is. It yeah. sounds great. I'm 
If I made it, it would have a huge knob, one big. Uh, I love a good, you know, hey just man, that. It's where, a funny where, good knob. Yeah, where do you source your knobs? If I did it, it would have big knobs. <laughs> I can picture it right now. <laughs> <laughs> the bigger the knob. Yeah, like this, this, you know, like, yeah, exactly. He's like, Argh. well, you know, like like the Trogatronic Valkyrie. You know, you're just like, you know, it takes two hands to turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it really made me be like, oh, well, I, I like the contact mics I make. I should make them and try to sell them at the record store. Now, it took me uh, no longer working at the record store until I actually got around the gumption to start doing it and packaging them. And one, you know, one weekend, I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna make this packaging." I like the the like A5 bag that the old slaughter tapes kind of stuff came yeah, in. So yeah, that's why mine coming that is like kind of a nod to. 90s European tape culture, I guess, and yeah. to cranks mics, which also come in bags with nice artwork. And I always thought that was cool. Is that you got, you didn't just get a product in like some bag or box. You got. You got a piece of artwork with it that yeah. kind of lend to the vibe of it. And I feel like that's an important thing. So my inspiration for starting to do Verdant Weapons was 100% from Crank Sturgeon. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. And that's happy so to cool. say, like I said, I I think uh, owning different contact mics, it's like if you're a noise musician and you own one contact mic, how many guitarists do you know that only have one guitar? Exactly. I mean, like, sure, not everybody can afford 30 guitars or whatever. Contact mics are a little cheaper than guitars. Yeah. <laughs> or it'd be like having one distortion pedal. Well, yeah. I got too damn many distortion pedals just like I have too many contact mics. Like mm -hmm. you, And they all serve different purposes. You want to know what the thing, the tool for the job, and it's the right tool, or try different options for it. So that's like, I played a show last night. I used a total of three different microphones for vocals. <laughs> Why? Because they do different things, and it's easier than having to change yeah. a big pedal setup or something. Right, like I and, know. and yeah, you're you're totally totally right. If you're using just one thing, one brand, one you know, all the time, your sound is going to probably eventually sound. Yeah, your contact like, mic just sounds the way your contact yeah. mic sounds. Whereas I have a plethora of stuff, and I can hook up this or that. And even sometimes I'll go and buy like weird parts off eBay, and then just try to make something with that, and it oh, sounds totally. different, right? Yeah, like, yeah. There's crappy cheap piezos you can get, and there's yeah. really nice brass ones you can get, yeah. and they sound different. So yep. it's a it's a certain thing. Now, when you're making something to sell, I use kind of like the toughest brass ones I can yep. find because I don't want you to break them. Yeah. <laughs> but there's uh you know there's a whole realm out there of stuff that you can like try and play around with, and if you know it's limitations, if you know oh this is like one of those fragile copper piezos that's gonna snap. You don't use it for the the brutal stuff. You use it for a specific purpose. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the reasons I offer different uh, size piezos in my is because like I think the fifty millimeter is good for like you put that in water. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of surface area, so it catches a lot of the water on it. But if you want something to like thrash around and whip around with, I think the twenty seven is good because it's so small. The chance of it breaking is not very much. It's really sturdy and it's you know if you make something five inches in diameter or you make something one inch it's harder to snap the one inch thing right so that's the same thought is like it's a little smaller it's easier to yeah to not break I yes guess. we yeah, can try the, the little <laughs> ones yeah i mean yeah it because piezos come in uh in, in different uh thicknesses too so i mean that, that's you got to know you, you got to know your you know what you're shopping for when you're on those vast parts websites like oh okay if i get this one it's going to be like that flimsy radio shack one that you can bend yeah. with your fingers and it's like yeah yeah definitely not going to be using that for a product because some kid's just gonna like snap it or 
I'm going to snap yeah. it. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely like, you know, when, when I'm, when I'm building them, it's like, okay, they, they have to pass a certain level of being brutal to. Yeah. Um, and I test all of mine. Like I make a bunch and then I just go through and test every single yep. one of them to make sure they, they work and I can tug on them and yep. all yep. that stuff. I'm sure you do the same because yep. you don't want to send one out and someone gets a contact mic and says it doesn't do anything. Dude, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Sourcing parts is, is yeah. That's why, we charge money for these because we've done a lot of research. It takes time. Yeah, it takes time. And, and clearly, it takes a lot of labor. Like yeah. the things that you guys are doing. Yeah, yeah and I yeah. mean, like the I I wish I could go to using like a, a hot melt adhesive, a hot glue sort of thing. Because these I I dip between three and five times depending on yeah it. it's yeah like multiple there's dipping. a four hour dry time on the stuff I dip them in. So mm-hmm. there's wet malleable rubberized plastic that's hanging out in my house that I have to wait for it to dry and put mm-hmm. a fan on and then dip it again and wait for it to dry. Oh <laughs> it's my a, God, it's a pain in the butt. Cats, how do you keep them off? They they don't go near this okay. stuff. <laughs> I, I use I've used the dip a few times. Um I think my favorite product and I'll 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 do some name dropping. Um pardon me. Um, oh definitely. Uh, Please. uh Sam from the Rita uh has used my mics for for uh, a few years and he he requested one. It was really funny. We just moved to uh Massachusetts. This is like seven years ago. And uh, he's like, he wanted it to be like 50, not 50 feet, like 40 feet, 30 or 40 feet, because he was going to be performing underwater at some show. Yeah. Uh, like in, like in a shark in like, cage or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if it was a shark cage, but it was, he was wearing like, what I think he was wearing, he was telling me, I can't remember, but I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm remembering it. He was wearing like one of those old school, like diving bell costumes. <laughs> and uh, at like some festival, I think it was in Winnipeg, on Lake Winnipeg. And he, he wanted, he was just going to be down there with a, one of my microphones um, banging on rocks that were being processed up top. And so he needed extra length. It had to be super durable. So I housed it, I encased it in um, PVC tubing. And then I must have added like seven or eight layers of that, that dip, you know, yeah. just like, and then I would do plumber's tape around it and then redip it again. <laughs> the stuff after like maybe four days was still stinking yeah and and he needed it so i put it in a box sent it to canada <laughs> and he and he wrote me he's like yeah i got the mic it's great you know i used it man you know he was saying you know the smell it was just it, it had that rubber smell and it was just like i'm like oh dude i'm so sorry you know I, you know but hope it didn't like you know clear out you know you know contaminate your apartment he's like no no i like that yeah, 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 exactly. sam was probably like no, 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 that was cool i was like <laughs> so, not sure if you're listening sam but shout out uh Come back down to LA and let's uh, talk about noise sometime. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah for sure. I saw nothing but love to the Rita. Yep, for sure. I saw I saw him in uh, Tulsa. So, yep, maybe see you there. But come to LA. <laughs> we saw him there pretty recently. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he it came was out. amazing. Pre pre podcast days. Though. Yeah. yeah, we have to. I ran sound for that show, PPD. and I think it was uh, one of the single most brutal shows yeah. <laughs> ever had it as a bar. So intense. <laughs> it was cool. Yeah, Sam's rad. Well, guys, this was this is so cool. I mean, Wait, we're not done. I don't know. Are no, we? Are we? I don't know. What, Dude, I, you don't want to talk about how Pfizer I, I don't know. Electric I don't know. Work? I really I don't know. do. I don't know. I, you know what? There you go. I don't know. I, <laughs> Please, can you can you tell us about this? <laughs> <laughs> your your other product line's a shaker, right? Yeah. Is it a metal box? It's a metal box. Okay. Yeah. It's a. It's basically a. Um. It's a like Hammond metal enclosure. Yep, the, yep. the smallest one they make that you see some of those. Like, how small are they? Uh, they're very small. Uh, like that. I was just a little guy. So is that the 27? 27 inch beers or uh, it's a 27 inch uh, so not, yeah. not inch uh, millimeter. I love, right, sorry, I, love yes. no, I love that 
Yeah, here he's we go. Pulling he's pulling down the tray. Gray's grabbing tray. one right now. It's, it's, really it's good the audio. tray gray. This is a rectangular oh, pizza yeah. tray. It's, it's like a serving tray. Okay. Oh, this is nice. Oh, thank you. Yeah, look at thank that. Thank you. Hear that? It's so, endorsed by Crankster. Uh, I endorse it. <laughs> um, well, I'm always curious how, because um, I, 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 I put out a new one and um, just curious to see what people are using. Um, his is, it's about, I'll describe it to you. It's about. I have long index fingers. I, that is true. I'm looking now. And that that's is, a really You should long tattoo a ruler finger. on the side of that thing. <laughs> uh, it, it, only if it's one of GX's rulers. <laughs> so, um, but uh, it, uh, it's about three inches by, I want to say, an inch wide and an inch deep. So it's rectangular with two springs on the top. So, And that's my personal one. So it's a little beat up and there should be a ball bearing in yeah. one of the springs. And there's ball bearings and rocks inside. Ah, ball bearings are the best, though. I, I discovered over... Over time to use ball bearings in the shakers. Um, I I made a couple more name drops for uh, sickness, and he returned it. And he's like, you know, that there's something up with it. And I was like, oh great, it's the switch because I I put switches in mine. Oh yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So you can have momentary on off, and which is kind of critical. That's great. Do yeah. they pop when you do it? Because the ones I do, you put a cap on it. The ones, the ones that I have regularly do pop i had a problem with the pop i don't yeah. want the pop <laughs> um the ones that i did for chris didn't pop the problem was is they um i i'd source them and sometimes when you're buying stuff for a certain need you're like okay sometimes you buy the cheapest one because you're like i just want to experiment and i was like that works and so i bought it again and it it was glitching out and so i was like oh crap he sent it back because the the switch was glitching yeah it wasn't the switch that was glitching it was because i was using a little teeny tiny screws for the noise shaker component oops mm -hmm. and um in doing that uh it had gotten in behind it had somehow gotten in oh, behind it had, like wedged Here? in there yeah yeah, yeah it, it had done a little wedgy thing and uh, and so all i had to do is basically go in and like pop you know i was just like pulling out a cavity returned it it was fine it wasn't the switch it wasn't me man so <laughs> <laughs> that happened to me once so now i put a um a piece of a uh, cardstock here that i silicone in so oh, yeah. that, yep. that nothing can get past yep i i but have that bridge of no return as well so. this was my uh <laughs> oh, yeah, i never thought of it that way but it's, <laughs> it's definitely like, nicer you, than the way i'm not gonna call it a little piece of cardstock anymore <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, I this is my prototype of that but it was popping um but also, check out these check out these switches. These marine, they're like boat oh, yeah, star yeah, yeah, switches. Yeah, 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 I've seen these. I love those That's switches. That's pretty. Oh, those are nice and fluid. Really nice, yeah, really nice and rounded and like just perfectly subtle switch. I, this is the kind of thing you can get into too. Is when you start shopping for components, you're like, oh, that's the knob. That, oh, that's, that switch that's, is perfect. <laughs> and it's like it's so nerdy, but sometimes it's so right. Like I have, I, I bought so many of these switches because I have ideas for a board where. Because they're so slightly raised, you could run your hand over it and push down multiple random ones at different mm. times. Oh, nice! <laughs> to, to describe this to our listening audience, this is a it is it is a, a rounded switch that uh, it is it's smooth as a marble. It looks like a a nice little steel marble, and you run your hand across. You're like, if I could just press that, and so when you press it, it's just like, <laughs> hi. It's basically hi. like the. But when you listen to it through distortion pedals, it's like. Click, yeah, <laughs> and, it's a, and it, and it is clicks. That a, is that a clicker? This one, this one clicks. Uh, I think it. In in other things, I've seen you put a capacitor on it, so the electric impulse of the switch yeah, off you don't, is you, dispersed to the capacitor. Yep. I have not tried that with this yet because I just sort of abandoned the idea. I did make a. I did use these to make a remote trigger box for an MS twenty for a friend of mine too, where basically they could stand far away from their synth mm -hmm. and hit a button and through the external trigger in it would just trigger their synth. So yeah, that's they cool. They could like go out in front of the crowd or something, yep. but then still have something Ooh, to do triggering. Yeah. 
um, yeah, to, to get behind the table is important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leave the table. But it's funny, the, the, the nerdiness of getting into like some of these really specific components is one of the very fun things about getting into it. Is oh, like totally. You, there's a, it's a whole rabbit hole. You can dive deep down and, and kind of like figure out what you like and what your aesthetic is, which is, again, my mics and cranks mics look very different but mm -hmm. they're they fundamentally the same thing but they sound a little different and they look a little different and like i said owning multiples of those things it's like you have more than one distortion pedal don't you like you yeah. got more than one delay pedal so yeah. why not have more than one contact mic and and different makers i think it's always a a cool thing you got a boss distortion and a dod distortion don't you like that's the same kind of same kind of thing yeah. Um, so we were talking about making piezoelectric crystals, which doesn't seem to be a hard process. I just haven't done it yet. <laughs> I think it's a two-person job. I want to witness this. We are going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. But and I assume we're doing it in a pot that you, you're not going to be cooking out of. Yeah, it. I'll get. I'll go. I just threw away a couple, but I'll go I'll, get in. I'll, I'll get us a pot at Ross. Yeah. There we go. I love it's Ross. Fun. That's too nice. The Ross cookware is pretty nice. It really is. I got my cowl on there. Um. But that that would that would definitely be a trip is to to have a uh, a collaboration yeah collaboration <laughs> piezo crystals well, so the thing I know about piezo crystals from this is that you you can grow them like you can with many crystals and then you can crush them in like a mortar and pestle and as long as there is room for air to move for the uh, like oxygen to move at a like an atomic level right atomic oxygen excuse me <laughs> um. You can, uh, if you if you mix them with something like say super glue and then put them on a piece of metal and then also solder to the crystal and solder to the piece of metal, you can basically make any surface a contact mic. Now I have not done this, so this is all. Why is it this super point. glue and not epoxy? Would super that glue is still breathable, it? still allows. Oh, that's why you yeah. can use so it to you seal need cuts. Something that doesn't insulate. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Epoxy. Um, and uh, yeah. I'm popping the P. The uh, epoxy, I've used it in various forms, and sometimes I'll revisit it. And you can actually, it's hard as a rock, but all it takes is the right angle, and the thing pops right off. So, and it takes mm -hmm. all the components with it. So, interesting. Yep. And so, uh, piezo crystals, being a crystal and being, you know, a crushed down crystal, the, the, it's, it's half positively and half negatively charged, right? Right. Something and like that. When you basically the reason the the contact mic makes sound is because when you apply pressure to that, it compacts. And when it compacts, it's in a uh, evens and odds sort of situation. So you'll have a positive and negative particles of it and they collapse like this, making one side more positive and one side more negative, And that disperses an electrical charge. So it's like a weird isotope. I don't know. No, <laughs> I don't think it's radioactive. They're actually, but the 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 technology as is as such that it can be extremely accurate for measurement too. I mean, when you go by way stations on the highway, what is used in the scales are giant piezo crystals, not giant crystals themselves, but the the measurement is oh, basically is a, is a is a piezo crystal technology. I mean, they 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 serve like countless industrial and medical purposes. So. I mean, a, a quartz so watch cool. operates on the similar yep. principle of using the crystal to keep uh, incredibly accurate pulses in time of electrical impulses by feeding it electricity. Uh, and also, uh, when you, not a normal lighter, which is like flint and steel, like a big lighter, but if you use a lighter that has an electronic charge, like a, one of those wand lighters for lighting like a stove or a fire pit, those actually uh, 
basically use a spring to charge a hammer that then slams into a piezo crystal. And it, at both ends, there's the wires attached to the piezo crystal. And when that electronic electronic impulse goes, it also releases gas. I didn't know that, that thing charges a spark. Yeah, when you use a wand lighter, that's a piezo crystal in there. Oh. When you pull the trigger, it's a, it hits a piezo crystal. Whoa! Causes I... the electro- electronic charge, uh-huh. and then the gas going to it, of course, ignites the flame. Okay, well, there's... can we amplify that? Let's. Uh, <laughs> that's a new. Uh, somebody called GX. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was looking up piezo crystals, and there's 32 classes of piezo crystals apparently, and then the piezo electricity is. Uh, electricity resulting from the pressure and latent heat. So, yeah, electricity yeah. from pressure. That's so brilliant. And pressure yeah. in in that pressure can be as simple as the little vibrations or like you know your fridge rumbling when you tape this thing to it is is still pressure, right? Any amount yeah. of any amount of pressure, they're very sensitive. So any amount of pressure, and that's why you generally need to use high gain sources. It puts out an audio impulse in reaction to what is going through it, but mm-hmm. you need you want to use some sort of gain to boost up the signal. So if you're getting a contact mic plug it into a distortion or an overdrive or a mixer channel with high gain. Um, Otherwise you're not going to hear that much. Just like, you know, when I sell these shakers and when you sell your, your stuff with springs and whatnot on it, you just play it. It can sound very much like a, you know, EAI, like toothbrush on a guitar kind of thing. Well, guitar Mm -hmm. even has pickups, but it can sound very much just like a acoustic sound. But if you add some distortion to it, it's when it really starts to shine because you're getting the gain from that. What's the difference between the pickups on an electric guitar and just a contact mic? Uh, they're they're designed, they're made completely differently yep. from each other. Um, we we have a good idea of how a piezo crystal operates and how it's created. A guitar pickup um, has uh, cores, uh, so depending on how many numbers of strings. Um, it has for, you know, four or six or blah, 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 usually four or six, depending on bass or, or guitar. And these cores are individually wound with magnet wire or, or alternatively, the, the whole thing is wound. casing is wound. The the entire casing is wound. So humbuckers are wound all the way around the the body, right? Something like that. I mean, I've built, uh, I, I've built primitive versions of those and actually sell one then. And, um, not to use as a guitar pickup, but basically it has it's an iron core and it's wound in magnet wire. Now, magnet wire is basically insulated copper strand um, and it's as thin as a hair and you've got to wind it thousands of Way times. Way too many times. That sounds yeah. fun. But but winding it is fun. because I'm you to work. I, I, I take the core and I put it at the end of my drill and I have the spool and I just turn on the drill and wind it that way. Like a sewing machine. That's so A super smart. fast snowing, I love it. S- snowing machine. A sewing machine. Yeah. But the cool thing is, is like, all right. Great. It can amplify like the the way a guitar pickup would. It pick up sheet metal. Blah, it blah, picks blah. up reverb. That's what a guitar does. Is picks up reverberations. A guitar pickup picks up reverberations in metal. So yep. using so, so a metal. Some, yeah, you you have you have a waving piece of metal like a guitar string vibrating. It picks that up. Thing about these things is they pick up other crazy shit. Yes. You hold it over your laptop keyboard. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Oh wow. Oh my god. What is that sound? That unearthly noise that is being generated this pickup is picking up is it like anything electronic almost like i mean if you held it up to a fluorescent bulb or a motor you would you would just hear that amplified yeah but if you hold it up to your smartphone it's picking up like the cell data being processed going through its little brain it's pretty deep that's (laughs) it's nutty what what you can pick up with that Um, i've never made my own guitar pickup i do have a a drawer full of it's salvaged ones it's a lot of work (laughs) my 
back in Detroit, one of my favorite things would be to just bolt a guitar pickup to a piece of sheet metal because it's, yeah. well, I love contact mics. Mm-hmm. A guitar pickup really picks up the sound of the it, sheet metal. Yeah, there, there, it has a different, just a different use both. meatiness. Yeah, use both. Um, uh, one of my favorite artists uh, is a French guitarist guitarist being a very very loose definition of the term olivier uh, de placido he takes the pickups out of the guitar holds them in his hand the guitar neck is wobbling because it's being held by a very loose spring a uh, string or spring or whatever and he takes one on one end of this of the the string and one on the the neck and just like pushes down and just the sound of like wow. metallic tendons popping and just it's just like this it's so close it sound you, you can't get that closeness sound with a contact mic it'll sound different it just sounds like mad scribbling because it's just that's the way the pickup you know is responding to the metal that he's pushing into it and he like preempts it just a little bit it almost becomes like a weird analog synthesizer, you know, electro acoustic murder device. It's just so rich sounding with barely any effects. Um, and, and that's like, that's mint, you know, it's like this guy's like making sound that, you know, a lot of people are like, you can't identify what the sound source mm-hmm. is until you see him doing it. Um, you know, you're like, is that a synth? What is that? You know, how, how expensive is that gear? <laughs> the eternal question. Yeah. How expensive is that gear? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Guitar pickups. Well, <laughs> uh, we have more to talk about. I don't know. I, it's a, it's a, I it, feel like, I feel like this could be like a five hour episode. We're going to put a pin in this and this we is will, not, this is not the last, this is not the end. Yeah, we'll I, you, you guys have a lot to say. With oh, Frank yeah, Sergio. Yeah, we can, we can, we can chat for hours <laughs> <laughs> for both uh, future episodes of Noise Extra and future Trashware episodes, and probably a video segment where we make our own Paizo crystals. I'm already, I'm like, I'm crazy. Crazy. I know, so I, exactly, Chef Hats. I think this is going to be. I'm, oh, we I'm, need I'm, Chef Hats. I'm pulling for sooner than later. Yours is going to uh, be fish shaped, I bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, this is so much fun. Yeah, yeah this, this is a great really time. Fun. I know, what a blast. I love it. Uh, so, yeah, I can't, I'm psyched to do more of these. So, way psyched to do more with Crank Sturgeon and psyched to see who else is out there who wants to. Talk about their trashware with us. Yeah. Hell yeah. No, I mean, there are a lot of us out there. So. Oh, thank you so much for coming. It was amazing. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. And 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 so great to, like, you know, be here and, and see the mechanisms at work, of course. <laughs> I mean, I know all of you already, but uh, it's behind it's, the scenes. It's, uh, yeah, it's nice to be behind the curtain and, uh, and just, like, and just, like, sit and talk about this stuff because it's yeah. just so, you know, it... Yeah, it, it's communication and 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 fills like part of the soul to like you know share ideas. It's Absolutely. truly an honor to have you here today. This was really really thank you, fantastic. Thank you. And 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 for me too. So. Right on. Awesome. And uh, I know Tara's going to read a little blurb that mentions my contact mics and, and noise devices. But <laughs> as a as a competitor and friend and someone who was inspired by Crank Sturgeon, please. Check out his contact mics and his weird boxes and other. It's he's he makes stuff I haven't even thought of making. Like I, I don't know. There's a bunch of crazy. I was cool scrolling stuff. while we were talking, and it, it's phenomenal. So please buy and reasonably priced. Buy some cool, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> buy some cool crank sturgeon gear to help make your noise life even better. Yep. Stay noisy. You've been listening to Noise Extra. I'm Tara Connolly here with Mike Connolly and Gray Holger and Matt of Crank Sturgeon. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, home to noise artists for over 17 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, 
and by our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in all of those, and on Twitter at noise extra with three A's. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.